what was your line when you first started going to therapy that I loved? You go, which lies do I tell her? <laughs> Man of the year. Man of the year. Man. Welcome to the number one friendship podcast in the country. I'm Aaron Cairo. I'm Matt Ritter. Matt, congratulations are in order. You are now verified on Instagram. Oh, the greatest feeling in the world. Oh, God, I just, I'm I'm up, I'm up on cloud 10. I'll be honest. I don't like it. You don't like it. I knew you were going to have a problem with it. I had one thing. I had a five-year head start of verification. God, you, you, this is your schadenfreude. This is my reverse schadenfreude. Frudenfreude? Frudenfreude. I, 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 I like it. I'm happy for you. You deserve it. Do you I deserve it? I mean, <laughs> it is nice. How does it feel? Oh, it's great. I've actually had a lot of people message me. How'd you do that? Mm. How'd you mm. get that? I'm like, have you been in the New York Times recently? That's, I don't know. Have you? That's how we got it. Yeah. That's how we got it. Because you need to have like major news articles. Major new, major breaking news. And we were just in the New York Times. That was pretty cool. Ah, what a day. We were the like the lead. Yeah, I was I was in Italy when it happened. Couldn't I, even like celebrate together. So let's talk about this New York Times article. Let's let's dig deep. Let's do uh, a deep dive into some of the tips. Um, also, what do you think about that? They call you Mr. Ritter and Mr. Cairo. I like it. Respect was given. So somebody asked me, oh, why did you ask? Like, no, that's just what the New York Times does for everybody. Oh, okay. I thought we were just getting respect. Yeah, now, Mr. Biden. Now that Mr. I'm Putin. verified, I'm like, oh, they're yeah. calling me Mr. Oh, it's yeah. great. Um, Accidental. So the article was called, why is it so hard for men to make close friends? Um, and by the way, this was like went viral. Howard Stern was talking about the article. This was tailor made for us. Yeah. Um, and we will include a link, uh, a non paywall link in the show notes in the caption. Uh, she talked about, Oh, Catherine Pearson was the, uh, reporter. She Excellent. interviewed us. She was great. Um, she talks about the friendship recession, um, talking about just basically men have less friends than ever. This is why we're doing the podcast. Yeah. It's literally why we started this podcast. And then all of a sudden this times article breaks and everybody is talking about, it. I mean, it had 566 comments in 24 hours before they shut off the comments. Yeah, they cut off the comments, which is, is that normal? They usually stop letting you comment? I didn't know that, but yeah. I also don't pay for the New York Times. I actually also have to get the free link yeah. from Cairo, okay. my I'll, friend of utility. Yeah. Yes, that's right. I'm that's why he's the friend of utility. That's right. That's right. So the first tip said, practice vulnerability, even if it makes you uncomfortable. So that's a hard, I think that's the hardest tip. Because all the other, we'll get into the other tips, but I think that's the hardest one because telling somebody to be vulnerable is, goes against your, if you're not vulnerable normally, that's just not something that is easily toggled on and off. Like telling you to text your friend is a lot easier than going, be vulnerable. And I, I came from a place of extreme non-vulnerability my whole life. Like saying I love you now to me still is like a hard thing. I do it now, but I, I'm still cognizant of like, there's a little bit of a block for me, like when, when friends or family or whoever on the phone, like says, I love you at the end. Like I have to like, kind of like turn something on to let myself be really? vulnerable and say, I love you. Yeah. Your sister says, I love you. You go, Oh, you panic. I, I used to yeah. have a harder time. Now it's, yeah. now I do it, but I still, sometimes like I feel that thing in my brain telling me, don't say it. Mm. It's weird. 
You know what's funny? My, my sister actually said her favorite part of the podcast is at the end when we say I love you to each other. I love doing that too. <laughs> actually, no, and, and, and Kira, I'll give you a lot of credit for you just did it organically and I said it back and then we were like, wow, we're going to mm. add that to every episode. And I think that's what vulnerability is about. I think just vocalizing I love you to your friends, it's it's a very hard thing to do. And I acknowledge that because I know it's it's been a hard thing for me. But when you do it, it's so freeing. Once you do it like the first time, it's kind of like, okay, now I can do it every time. Let me ask you this. Do you worry that people and guys, especially saying, I love you more, us saying, I love you more. It, it begins to lose meaning. No, I actually, I'm not, I'm not worried about that because I think the bigger problem is that people, people not are struggling that. with it. Right. Right. So like if we get to a point where I, I love user lo losing meaning, that means we're like at such a healthy place where people are just showering, where men are just showering each other with love and, and, and kindness and flattery. Like, I don't think we're anywhere near that. Can I give you an example? Yeah. So last time we recorded our podcast, our producer Thelonious was uh, packing up. I don't know if you remember this. And he goes, all right, man, I'll, I'll see you next recession. I go, cool. Love you, man. And uh, he didn't reciprocate. He, 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 Producer uh, Theo. No, I mean, it, he doesn't love you. No, I'm saying I was embarrassed of myself. You felt, you felt uh, it was too gratuitous. No, I've only known Theo for two months. No, but you do love him. I mean, I, I do love him. Yeah, but, but it was like, it was honestly, it was like when you call the teacher mommy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you, I was like, love you, Theo. And he just walked out. <laughs> he probably went home to his girlfriend and he was like, so a weird thing happened today. <laughs> right. One of the podcast hosts told me he loved me. <laughs> I gotta be honest. I didn't even catch it. Maybe uh, I, I just didn't think it was meant for me. I don't think you said ooh. me. I don't know. You said, might've said man. We were embracing at the time. Mm. We were hugging like a hug goodbye. He's not used to it. He's younger. Oh yeah. Do you do you say love you to your friends? No. See. Oh. This is what I'm saying. I, look, I think I'm in the majority of people who never said I love you to your friends. Like this is a, for me. This is very recent. Really. I also had a. I grew up with a. Like I think my family was pretty warm, but like I had a. My grandmother never said I love you. Whole life. Ninety four mm. years. To anybody. To anybody. And couldn't even hug her. It's tough. There was I like a force field around. I her. respect that. Girl. Yeah. Oh like, yeah. She yeah. was. She was tough. You. You tried to say I love you. She go. See you later. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you think that was? She wasn't. She didn't grow up with love. She had a tough, very tough childhood. So she had a very, very tough childhood. So she. She had to, you know, put walls up. You know, and, and but I was raised with love. I just was definitely putting on like an act of like tough guy or like trying to be crazy because I was the smallest in the class. Mm. So I had to put up kind of like a defensive shield. And so that made me kind of put up a like tougher exterior than I really have. Uh, just for context, guys, in fourth grade in gym class, Matt would take a big gym sock, put a bunch of other socks in it, swing around and slap me with it and goes, oh, we don't play that. A reference to the 80s, not early 90s yeah, classic. In living color. In living color. Yeah. They'll put yeah. that on a list of references that nobody's going to remember. So let me, let me ask you this. And this is another devil's advocate. Yeah. Because I think I'm of the two, I'm, I'm probably the more vulnerable, more emotive one, and definitely wear my heart on my sleeve. And I don't want to bring everything back to my dating life, but I think that <laughs> you know, women want vulnerable guys, guys who can emote and whatever. I I think they say that, but they don't. They actually prefer like a the quiet. What's it called? The quiet. Type. I'm just picturing Cairo weeping. The first day. <laughs> weeping. First date. First day, just, just weeping. <laughs> My mom never. No. I think they like the He's stoic. Like, the environment. Yeah. Why should we even have yeah. kids in this world? It's just there's no point. Climate change. Blah blah blah. I, 
I think women actually prefer stoic guys over vulnerable guys. You know, look, I think there's, I think that's, there's some truth to that. Yeah. Probably like in the dating world for sure. Yeah. You know, cause I think it's just, we'll just have like thousands of years of right. gender roles yeah, yeah, yeah. that everybody is used to. Uh, but I, you know, look, my own situation is like, I, I only got into therapy after my now wife was like, you need to go to therapy. <laughs> right. Right. So what advice can we give to sort of an average guy who wants to practice vulnerability or is trying to be more vulnerable? Go to therapy. I mean, therapy is always the answer. Yeah. I mean, look, a lot of these breakthroughs I had were from therapy. Like, what, what was your line? What was your line when you first started going to therapy that I loved? The funny one? I don't remember. You go, you go, which lies do I tell her? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think, look, anybody who's ever been in therapy, you're like, am I really coming clean, no, clean to this no. person? Or am I painting like a rosier picture of myself? So Everybody think, does that. So I think one piece of advice would be that guys are much better at receiving vulnerability than we think they are. Like, if you think you're going to tell your buddy I love you and he's going to be like, fucking loser, like, right. probably not. He's going to be like, I love you too. Right. In fact, we've done some man on the street stuff where we have guys call their friends and say, I love you. And the guys love it. Right. So I think you're right. So people are projecting yeah. a lot. So try not to project the response. Try not to project the response. Try not to project that if you put yourself out there, it's going to get rejected by one of your friends. Right. I also think there is a spectrum of vulnerability. Like not everyone is comfortable telling their friends they love them. It's saying something nice, giving a compliment, saying you're sad. I mean, you don't have to go, you know. Right. I also think there's like context too, because if you're trying to be vulnerable and you do it around your buddies at a, you know, we're all drinking and watching football and like they're primed because they, we all make fun of each other or something yeah. and then they make fun of you in that moment, you're going to shut down and be like, well, oh, damn it. I tried to say I love you that one time and look at that. They right. all made fun of me for right. it. Right, right. Well, I don't know. When I have a couple of drinks in me, that's when I get the most amorous. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, the, the, this guy <laughs> hugging, yeah. kissing, yeah. loving. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, I, look, I think, you know, you know yourself, right? So some people have a much harder time with being vulnerable. So don't try to run before you can walk. Try, try to get together with one friend and maybe just try and be like, you know, if I don't say it enough, thank you. You know, you're always been there for me. Instead of going all the way with, because I, I look, to me, I found the saying, I love you. To friends, that was the hardest. You know, like I've never had a problem saying like, hey, thanks, man. I, yeah. you know, I appreciate you or even that stuff. Just the actual words. I think I love you is a much harder thing to say. Like maybe start with, hey, man, I really appreciate you. Right. Right. Thanks. As always, thanks for doing X because that's a more guy accepted gateway. Thing. Yeah, it's a gateway. Thanks is gateway to I love you. A gateway emotion. Yeah, it's yeah. great. That's great. Uh, I'm just curious, producer Theo, is there a reason why you don't tell your friends you love them or just not thing in your friend group? I think I'm similar to Matt into where I struggle with the words, I love you, you know? And I think society has like built it up to mean like so much. So like, it's an ambiguous definition of what I, what love really is, you know? And so like different people put different weights on it. And when I hear like girls a lot do this to people, they just meet like, Oh, I love you. I love you. I'm like, do you? Right. And that's what Caro's talking about. He's saying that it, it kind of dilutes it. Yeah. And I've actually found that, I had, that's what I had a hard time with is like, I do, I do find a lot of, um, like social interactions. Now you'll get people like, on just saying goodbye to their kind of like not even, sometimes not even go close friend, like an acquaintance. Yeah. They say goodbye. They go, love you. Bye. Right. right. And yeah. then you're like tempted to be like, just 
Bye. Right, right, right. Like your grandma. <laughs> yeah, right. Like you skipped the I love you. But so I used to have a hard time with that. Now I'm like, you know what? What's the harm in right. also saying I love you? Because right. I think that's what he's talking about. Like this ambiguity of the term I love you and what does it mean? And does it have to have so much meaning every time you say it? Right. right. Like, does there have to be all the weight of loving your spouse to saying I love you to some acquaintance after right. you went and had drinks together? Right. No, I think it's okay to also be like, I love you, bye. But, you know, look, if you don't, you're not feeling that, just be like, great to see you, man. Yeah, yeah. I love thanks as a gateway emotion. Yeah, thanks is the gateway emotion. I love that. I love just that. start with thanks. So the second tip in the article was don't assume friendship happens organically. Oh, this is a really important one. I mean, we talk about this on the pod all the time. The older you get, the more it's going to require effort. I'm not saying it requires a ton of effort, but it does require thought, planning, effort. You just don't even see each other organically. Right. And I think we talked about this in episode one or episode two about taking initiative. You aren't necessarily trying to make new friends. You're just trying to put yourself in a position where you might meet someone. Right, right. And that's, you know... But what we're talking about is like, you got to leave your house to do that. You can't stay in your house and expect to make friends or also even seeing your friends. You know, I mean, somebody has got to make a plan to go see your friends. I've actually been using this advice from the podcast because it's like, if there's an event, a work event, alumni event, I'm on the fence. I'm always like, well, you never know what could happen. You never know who you're going to meet. Yeah. So I try to push myself to go out a little bit more. I I find like, there's so rare a time where I do go to an event where I'm like, that wasn't worth it. Right. I find most of the time I'm like, oh, that was better than I expected. Or I ran into somebody that I wasn't even thinking about. You know, like that's the other part. You go to these events and there's just a lot of people that you maybe could be friends with or, you know, kind of on the fringe or that you even, you know, want to see that you might share an activity in common with that you wouldn't even know we're going to be there. I need some advice. Okay. So one of my fears or issues with going to any sort of event, a mixer, an alumni thing, I always end up getting cornered by someone who I don't want to talk to Mm. and I can't get out of it. People are always putting too much weight on escaping a conversation. Like it's really not that hard. I think you just be like, hey, you know, there's a few people I need to go say hi to. Yeah. You just go, hey, there's, I see somebody I need to say hi to. Hey, great catching up. I'll see you later. I just, I got to go float about, you know me. I actually, that's yeah. what I would say when I want to get out of it. I just yeah. go, Hey, you know me, I gotta, I gotta circulate. But like, sometimes I can't even like get there's I can't get in, a word in. No, I think the answer is going great to see you. Um, I got to socialize. You know me, I'm a social right. butterfly. I like, I like, you know me. I just wish that people would <laughs> like, how do people not have the awareness, the awareness? Like you see me going, well, yeah. I think people think they're having a good time with you. Right, they're they're right. enjoying their conversation right. with you. Yeah. So in their mind, they're like, this is fun. Right. I'm having a good time. But also the flip side could be, they also don't know how to exit that conflict. Right. Oh, interesting. And so they're just going to keep going and yeah, keep yeah. going. And then it becomes like a battle of wills. Like, is one of us going to end <laughs> right, this thing? Or right. are we just going to talk in a corner for two hours? And then they both go, well, you know me. Well, they you know go, oh, thank God. Yeah, and then you both walk into the yeah. same exact opposite <laughs> corner. You're like, you know me, I gotta yeah. go get a drink. And then you're both at the bar. Yeah. It's like, you again. So what advice do we have for people who maybe are a little bit more passive or need to take a little bit more initiative in meeting people, making friends? So are we talking about getting out or when you're out? I think both. Yeah. I mean, I think when you're out, 
it's also okay to not overwhelm yourself with yeah. it. Like if you're in the moment feeling like, Oh man, I, I just, I feel nervous. Like, first of all, nobody's, nobody's watching you. Yeah. Nobody's nobody. Nope. I always tell my friends and my wife, like mo most of the time, nobody's thinking about you. No, no, just, no one's ever just thinking. remember that yeah. most of the time nobody's thinking about you. So whatever yeah. is going on, it's just going on in your head. And by the way, just to repeat, we're not necessarily saying you're going out searching for friends, yeah. trolling for friends. You're just, you know, you're trying to meet, you know, you're just out, yeah. you're living your life. I will say one thing, because I, I sometimes get nervous, like just going up to people, do, yeah. you know, you know what I do? I just say, hey, I just started introducing myself. I love that. And people go, great, that's yeah. great. People love it. Yeah, I love that one. You know what I love too? And I, I noticed that women do this much more than men, I think complimenting each other on outfits like we yeah. just made friends in italy because somebody complimented my wife on her shoes and that's it that's yeah. the opening yeah. that you need compliments go a long way long way long but way. men have maybe less things to compliment each other on like you know if you're not like wearing a bunch of stylish right but I guess it's, we don't want to go against our vulnerability but like yes. to go up to a guy like hey i like your shirt no i i've done that before yeah i do like that yeah, i have yeah. a good one I like your shirt. Um, but I also think, hey, if you're going to go out and maybe be prepared for some talking points, some things you actually. Yeah. Google, you know, you know what happened in the game on? today. Yeah, yeah. What, like what's going on? I mean, you have to have something to say. I mean, let's be honest. If you're looking to make friends and you're going to an event, like you got to have something to say. You know what my uh, foolproof compliment is? Yeah. Compliment people on their tattoos. That's a good one. They love that. You don't know that many people with tattoos. But like, you know, yeah. <laughs> you know, exactly. Strangers. You I know? like it. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Um, do you, do you, do you like say anything about it? Like you're just like, oh, I love that. I love that like rose with no, a, with a, never, with a knife in it. You can never say because you always will say and be like, no, that's, that's a, that's a yeah. swordfish, you know? I, I, I love, I love picturing you going up to somebody and going, I love your tattoo. And then they go, yeah, it's actually the date that my daughter died. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> You know, those never go, never compliment on the date. You mean you the know? full body, what's got a picture of you know, a baby? The full picture, yeah. full baby yeah. with a date on it. Yeah. It's pretty sure you know where that one's Forever going. in our heart. Yeah, forever. Baby Jennifer. <laughs> forever yeah. in our hearts. Yeah. 2014. Yeah. No. Yeah. Don't compliment yeah. on 2014 that 2014 to 2016. 2016. Oh. Yeah, don't, don't compliment on the full body tombstone. Now, as we, as the full back, the, the full, full back, back tattoo. Um... <laughs> Now we we've discussed this before that yeah. I want to get a tattoo. Oh yeah, you want to you and you and Karen want to get one together? No, no, I Karen would never up. get a tattoo. I thought it was something to do it's with my your sister, family. By the way. No, but wasn't it something to do with your family? I wanted, history? I wanted, I wanted to get. Uh, well, I had two ideas. One was was the was the big duck. What was that for? So the big duck is um, <laughs> the big duck is a historic landmark on Long Island. Okay. It was built in like the twenties uh, on a duck farm. It's like the world's largest freestanding duck. Okay. It's like a, you I've go, always known you to be a duck guy. So of course, you know, obviously when I think Cairo, I think duck guy, duck guy. It's guy a, I can't even eat duck. He gets an allergic reaction to duck. It's okay. a, it's a, it's a gift shop. We'll, we'll post a picture on socials, but it's a giant, you could walk into it and uh, in the eighties or nineties, I actually, in the eighties or nineties, they moved it. Mm. Okay. So they moved it from one farm to another farm. So they put this duck on a, on a tractor trailer and yeah. they moved it. People were cheering. Like it's a big thing. And my dad saw it on the news and he thought it was the funniest thing he'd ever seen. But crying, laughing, just a duck on a little right. thing yeah. on the road. And it's our, it's our, it's our family sort of, uh, mascot, the uh -huh. big duck. 
Okay. And it's our, it's our family joke. All right. I like that. I actually went and I posted something on the Facebook page and the big duck Facebook page. And I went and I found the footage, the VHS footage of the from duck the being moved from the eighties. Is it pretty funny? And Still it's still funny. It's, it's not as funny. Okay. <laughs> uh, and I actually showed it to my dad. I surprised it, to, surprised yeah. him. And he was like, Oh yeah, that's when they moved the duck. I'm like, I was going to get a tattoo yeah. with this. I was going to get a tattoo. It's <laughs> pretty funny. You're like, this is a big moment yeah, for this, our family. He's yeah. Like, was it? Yeah. He's like, was it? So what's I, the other one? So then I was also going to, oh God. So also wanted to get a shark for a while. Right. That's the one. I it was my, it was my mom's pitch. Okay. Because I, we, we were in the, we were in the gifted program. Yes. Uh, in fourth grade or something like that. Yeah, they called it project challenge. Project challenge. And, uh, I had, I don't know if you were in that year, but what we ha I had to do a giant report and I did my report on sharks. It's my parents still have it. We'll post a picture of that on socials. It's still in my closet at home. And since that moment, I've been <laughs> just deathly afraid of sharks. The complete opposite of what the report was supposed to do. Cause they're actually not really going to kill you. Got you scared of sharks. So my mom's like, you should get a shark. Sharks are a cool tattoo. I'm like, yeah, it is. But then I just kind of lost interest in I it. I just don't see you as a shark tattoo guy. I, I like the big duck idea better. If you're going to go down either of those. Roads. Yeah. Or maybe just come up with something new. But like what? What do I don't you know? When you think of me, what do you think of? Oh, Jesus. I, I, I think, you know, maybe comedy, maybe CrossFit, you know. Oh, CrossFit tattoo? Yeah, maybe. Me, a, me writing? Yeah, you know, it's like a, or maybe a man of the, maybe the man of the year the tattoo. Trophy. The trophy. Trophy on your chest, like right here. Well, I know where I'm, know where I'm going to get Rib it. Rib cage. Yeah. Or maybe like Psalms, you know, some sort of, you know, like okay. a, what, a Bible verse. What's the Jewish version of a Psalm? I, I like a Shabbat prayer on your back. <laughs> but like, is. <laughs> ooh, you know, ooh, you know what I should get? Yeah. Fucking Beret Paris Hagafen. Mm, a little That's wine. The prayer blessing over, the, over wine. the wine. On your lower back. Yeah. On the tramp stand. On tramp stand. Yeah. Beret Paris Hagafen. You know? Yeah. I Drink like wine. Up. Drink it up. I don't even really particularly like wine that no, much. No, you're not a big yeah. wine guy. Yeah. Hey, Tito's. Beret Paris Hagafen. Yeah. Is it still Hagafen? We got to find out if we have any. Why would it not be? Well, that's over wine specifically. Oh, if you... It's not oh, over alcohol. Do you do a thing over... Beret Paris Vodka Tito's. Havaca? Beret Paris Tito's. You know what I've realized that is that you just have to get something that you care about. And then that, then that is your... Like, it doesn't really matter. Like, oh, yeah. It, it's that yeah. point of your life when you got something yeah. and that was it. I'm not going to get something crazy. And I'm not getting something you could see unless I'm like naked or whatever. But it'll be a good talking point. It'll be a good talking well, point. Well, not if it's hidden on your... Well, Belly if, 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 a, if a woman is seeing it, we've already, you've already gotten to the point where you remember once like 20 years ago, you're like, I don't work out. And I go, why? You're like, cause if a girl sees in my shirt off, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Great line. This I don't was, remember saying you in like awesome. sophomore year of high school. <laughs> if I take my shirt off, I've already gotten what I needed. Uh, uh, anyway, yeah. a tip three yeah. was use activities to your advantage. And this made me think of you because you had said to me that guys love going to sports because you're sitting next to each other. Yeah. Not across. Yeah. Like, I, I, well, sometimes I don't have somebody to go watch sports with. I'll just go to this bar in Western mm. and it's just a bunch of random people. And you're, you always strike up a conversation with somebody when you're just in close proximity watching sports. Well, it's, you have such a great point because sports for guys, and first of all, not every guy likes sports yep. and not everyone listening is a guy. You can just say like, oh, horrible pass, you yes. know, like, and then you're just something. It, you have something yeah. to open yeah. with. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And yeah. that's just like, you know, a, a communal yeah. thing. Like, God damn it, Eli Manning. Right, Stupid right. That's uh, evergreen. Yeah, the evergreen. Yeah. Damn it, Eli. Yeah. Oh, so she actually says in the article, she interviews a doctor 
who says boys and men tend to be socialized to do group activities side by side. I don't even think that, wow, I thought I made that up. Okay, so it's like, that's a literal like evolutionary thing. Literally side by side, shoulder to shoulder. I, and that's the other part, right? Because you're, you're talking about like how to do these things. Yeah. You just got to put yourself in a situation where a lot of this stuff will then just flow from doing that one step. I, I was just going to say, Going to a bar, sitting at the bar, at the bar by yourself and having a beer and a burger and not, not even doing anything else is a step because someone comes up and picks up food and you yeah. talk to them for a second. The bartender sends something to you. People sit next to you. You don't, yeah. you don't have to try to do anything. Just, just show yeah. up. And by the way, for people who don't drink, that's why I said diner too. Like just going to eat somewhere and sitting at the counter. Right. You will end up talking to the other people who are eating at the counter. I guarantee it. Yeah. Uh, and then the fourth tip was harness the power of casual check-ins. And this is something Times has written about before, something I think we mentioned in the pod, which is just shooting a text. Yeah. That's our, I mean, our big overarching thing is, hey, we want to help you build these awesome friendship traditions like the trophy. But our much smaller goal is to get you to unlock the tiniest things that are so, so easy to do that go a mile, like low effort. High reward. Get on a text chain today. Yeah. And also going back to number one, being vulnerable, a lot easier to do in a text. And I, I, and the reason I said text chain is a lot easier. Sometimes it's harder to do one-on-one. -on -one. Yeah. So sometimes it's just easier to get a group text chain going. For, I'll give you an example. For me, I hadn't seen a lot of my law school friends in a while. And so try like thinking about reconnecting individually. Like sometimes it's just like daunting, even just sending a text to somebody you literally haven't spoken to in five or six years. Yeah. But for whatever reason, it's, I find it easier if I put four of them on a text and, yep. you know, just shoot out a like, Hey, what's going on crew versus like, Hey, haven't seen you in a while. I have a great hack slash tip. Mm, hack tip. Uh, you know, occasionally on Facebook and Google photos, it'll send you this day, 10 years ago. Right. You know what I'm talking about? Like, yeah. Yeah. Well, it'll show you a picture. A picture from, yeah. yeah. I, I will just take a screenshot and I will send it to everyone in that picture. That's a great idea. You don't idea. have to write anything. That's a great idea. Yeah. That's, I use like memes for that. Yeah. Like exactly. sometimes I'll use just like a silly meme yeah. about something, you know, or like whatever, you know, White Lotus. Right. Shot. Right. Know? I'm not, I'm not caught up. So I don't tell anything. Yeah. So, but yeah, I think, I think the check-in, uh, but also just like, what's up? Like yeah. just saying hello. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, they also said in the article that we think that people don't want to hear from them, but we actually do. It's crazy. The yeah. psychology that's in your, all the things that your the tricks that your mind plays on you to get yeah. you to think that people are going to feel uncomfortable or not want to hear from you when it's the exact opposite. Yeah. Everybody's going through this. Now, speaking of that, why don't we talk about some of the comments? Yes. So I loved the outpouring of comments there, you know, cause we've, you know, comments on the article. Yeah. Comments on the yeah, article. Yeah, but you yeah. know, when we, when we started this podcast, we were in a vacuum going, Hey, I think we've stumbled into a topic that people are really interested in learning about or talking about. We think people are having issues, but now obviously the podcast has reaffirmed that just the outpouring of support. But then, you know, this New York times article, just insane. The number of comments within the first 24 hours. Yeah. So what, let's talk about some of the comments that stuck out to you. One of the, I think one of the biggest issues people have is moving geographic locations. When somebody moves like, right. and has to start over. Like I, I've, I noticed that was a reoccurring theme of like, Hey, that is hard. I'm not going to lie and say, Hey, you're easily going to be able to recreate the friend group you had from childhood. Right. 
I mean, I think honestly, all the tips in the article really work well for that, which is yeah. like showing some initiative, um, taking advantage of activities, um, being vulnerable. I mean, also remember people who lived in that town are also probably looking for friends or are lonely. Right. A lot of these cities that you move to, a lot of other people are moving to. Right. You know, new cities. Or their friends moved away. Yeah. Uh, but I also, you know, on that note, one of the things that you always talk about is like, do something you already enjoy doing. Right. Like you're a CrossFit guy, you know, you're a workout guy. You, you started that Venice run club thing. Yeah. It's like, so do that. Go, go do that. You will probably meet other people who also just join that thing. Right. And I think, um, uh, it's recommended to do things that have uh, a recurrence. So that's why gym is good. Consistency. It's just consistency. It's the same people, the same time. If you join the autumnal or vernal equinox club, you're going to have problems keeping those friendships up. Right. Hey, uh, we have got this awesome uh, Haley's Comet Club. Yes. Uh, I'm thinking about making new friends at the Haley's Comet. It's the the Red Supermoon Club. Yeah. Might be a little harder to have a consistent friend group. Asking for a friend. All right. So we're going to do our first listener question. This Uh, is exciting. This is exciting. So guys, if you have a question, uh, DM us on Instagram or DM us on TikTok. I just got the funniest question. It's going to be in a future episode, but it yep. involved circumcision. So I just want to, I just want to get you guys excited. So yeah, please reach out with your questions. Uh, this is, and we're going to keep everything anonymous. So uh, don't worry about that. So here's our first question. Um, Hi guys, I'm 28. My wedding is going to be next year. I'm worried that I don't have enough guy friends to be groomsmen. I'm a pretty sensitive, emotional, artsy guy. So I gravitated towards having more female friends than males. Me being the only boy in the family with four sisters also did not help. I have only a few guy friends, but we're not that close. I really hang out every day. I've always wanted a group of guy friends who will have my back no matter what. Help. How should I make friends with guys easily? First off, isn't that the plot of I Love You, Man? <laughs> it is. That is. Isn't that the exact? That is. Love that movie. Love that movie. Yeah. That's the exact plot. That's yeah. the exact background. I mean, he was a little older, but it was. Yeah. Exactly that. Thank you for that question, by the way. Great question. Um, I have a couple thoughts. I think it's kind of two separate questions. One is sort of not having enough groomsmen. My first reaction when I read that is like, "Eh, who Who cares? cares? Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Uh, I think the answer is, you know, your wife will probably be cool with you just going, hey, it would make me feel more comfortable if we just don't do bridesmaids and groomsmen. Or just have your female friends be the... Or you could do that too. Groom's, I'm just saying, yeah. I, I think like yeah. when push comes to shove, I've seen a lot of weddings where one party doesn't have a lot and they're right. in that situation. And just to make them feel more comfortable, the other one doesn't do like right, a right, giant right. slate of bridesmaids versus right. have, that. Her, have her, he's got four sisters. Like, yeah. why don't they just be, be the, right. You could also have one sisters be your friends yeah. too. If you, if you have girlfriends, those are your friends. That's fine. Yeah. So it's I fine. Think, they don't have to be men. Yeah. Your friend, your close friends don't have to be men. But for I the, mean, I, that's what I want to know is why. Cause like, if you don't gravitate towards having male friends and you feel you have healthy female friendships, there's no need. I mean, I just don't think you don't force it. If if you don't gravitate towards having male, male friendships, that's, that's okay. Yeah. Well, it's specifically okay for the actual like wedding ceremony. He did seem to, you know, imply that he would, he would like to have a couple more guy friends, which I think is good. It is good to have same sex friends just a different relationship. Yes. I, I, the only reason I'm saying is that is don't fuel the pressure to have same sex friends. If it's not natural to right. you just for the sake of symmetry at a wedding. Oh yeah. No, the, the wedding just fucking have a blast. Yeah. That's all that shit's. We bullshit. just went to a wedding where it was 
two gay men dressed in Hawaiian t-shirts yeah. and it was very casual. Yeah. There were no groomsmen. There yeah. were no bridesmaids and Cairo sat in the front row where the family is supposed to sit. Listen, listen, there was an empty <laughs> row. There was an empty seat in the splash zone. Now, I think there was, I'd say two pieces of advice if you want to make a couple more guy friends. Yes. One, it sounds like he does have a couple guy friends, just doesn't see them that often. So this is a classic case of we need to activate an existing yes. friendship. And how do we do that? Instead of waiting for them, instead of waiting for a friend, you have to be the friend, which is showing some initiative. This is someone you already know. Hey, let's go to the art show. Let's go to a ball game. Shoot a text. You, you, he's probably thinking, oh, they're not going to want to go. Yeah, they probably do want to go. Yeah. Um, I like the, that. And the second thing is, sounds like you have a great group of friends and a great family. Have them set you up. I like that. We've been talking about this. Why can't, why can't more people set people up on, you know? Male play dates. Male play dates. Uh, you know, the, the person doing this setup, same as a romantic setup, knows you both, knows what you like, knows your type. Yeah. You know, not, your sister is not going to set you up with some crazy football loving guy because right. that's not your jam. Right. But it's going to set you up with an artist. Yeah, you need, some, you need some, some, emo, some emo. You know, kid. my mom and sister have both set me up on friend dates in LA. Actually. Really? Yeah, I used to, at first, whatever, when I moved out here, I was resistant, stubbornly. Yeah. Just, oh, who do my mom's Oh, uh, here's the voice. Here's the voice. It's so off-putting. It's so, can we have a graphic for when he does the voice? We just so chunk. It's like, no, uh, the guy from Goonies? What's yeah. it? Did he have a name? By the way. Yeah. Does he have a name or is it just the guy? Sloth. Oh, Sloth. Yeah, Sloth. <laughs> I hate it. It's, oh, I hate yeah. it. Yeah. So, but I, I was resistant to it for whatever reason, pre-therapy. Yeah. Uh, and now I'm, I'm always excited when... My mom or sister's like, hey, I just met this person who lives in LA. I think you guys would hit it off. Let's get yeah. together. I'm like, yes. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I got to replace Cairo. <laughs> <laughs> so I think his other issue is that he wants to enrich the friendships he does have with these guys. And that's a separate thing is the depth of friendship, right? I mean, that's the question of like, how do I move from, sounds like fairly casual friendship yeah. to a deeper friendship. There isn't a shortcut to that. I don't think, you know, it, it does take time, but I will say that, you know, you and I have both been successful at having deep, but fairly new friendships relatively, right? Like we have friends that we've met only a couple of years ago that are, we're as close with as some of our friends for our whole life. I told Theo, I loved him after six weeks. Yeah. Yeah. You're very <laughs> coming on hot, coming in strong, coming in he hot. He was like, Ugh. yeah, and I, I think. You know, when we talked about the friendship types, friendship of utility, yeah, friend of, of pleasure, like I, yeah. and a friend of virtue. I mean, you can be a friend of virtue to other people. They see it very quickly that you are somebody to be counted on. Yeah. You know, being there for somebody when they need people, that's the quickest way to, you know, a friendship leveling up, I would say. I mean, another thing he should do, by the way, congrats on your impending wedding. Have a bachelor party. It doesn't have to, you don't have to go to Vegas, do a one night steakhouse thing, invite some of the casual friends yeah. and just like do it. Yeah. Yeah. And also, you know, if, if these are your friends, I think sometimes you have to meet them where they are. And mm. so for me, that's going to concerts with some of you guys that that's not normally like right. hundred percent of my jam, but I, I do it. Sometimes I just do it. I'm like, these are the people that I've chosen yeah. And I really like them in life. These are my, this is my crew in LA. And so they're not exactly the same as my crew in New York. They kind of like different things. Like they're less sports oriented. Yeah. My West coast crew, 
And so I kind of had to meet them where they are. And I, you know, and sometimes I'm like, Oh, I actually enjoy this more than I thought I would. And then other times I'm like, you know, what? it's not for me and that's fine. But I, I do think just, you know, putting your, if you're trying to be closer with these people, sometimes meeting them where they are. I love that. I mean, listen, our West coast friends are emo soft boys, right? Yeah. They're soft boys. Yeah. They don't like, I'm like, they don't like sports. They're spongy soft. Yeah, they're so soft, but they, <laughs> but they love that emo music. Yeah, and they love now it. Now I kind of like, I yeah, like emo it's fun. music. It's fun. It's fun. It's fun. In the East Coast, is it's, playing golf yeah. and stakes. I know, I know. And they're slightly younger than us, so it's like, ah, I used to like early 90s. Now I'm like, ah, oh, I gotta like late 90s. Yeah. We gotta get into late 90s emo concerts. I love it. I love it. Asking for a friend. Um, so before we wrap up, we have something kind of serious we gotta talk about, which is uh, this blood rivalry. Blood. It's so, the Crips versus the Bloods. So, guys, the podcast has had a meteoric rise. Meteoric. We hit number two relationship podcast in the country. Uh, but we can't seem to get to number one. We're the number one friendship podcast, but we can't get to number one relationship podcast because of a woman named Glennon Doyle. Now, many men will have no idea who Glennon Doyle is I, I had to look her up, but every woman knows. Who but she every is. woman knows she is. My wife was like, "Yeah, you're not going to be Glennon Doyle." That's what my wife said. She goes, "You're not going to be Glennon Doyle." Can you I'm like? Give, thanks for the support, honey. Can you give the people like a quick? Who who, who is she? She's like a an inspirational right. leader. I would say best selling author, inspiration. Um, she's married to Abby Wambach. Who's Love a, Abby Wambach. Yeah, yeah. Uh, soccer team. She's just. She's just very inspiring. Untamed is the name of her yeah. shtick. Oh, and, and, and her podcast is called We Can Do Hard Things. Yes. You know, and it's, it's life advice. And she's good. She's great. We love Glennon Doyle, but we also want to destroy her. Glennon Doyle, take a fucking week off so take we can a week, leap take through a the month. charts. She'll probably have to take a yeah. month off. Yeah. She'll probably have to. You and Abby, why don't we pay? Okay, here, Glennon. Yeah. Carol and I are going to, we're going to do a, a GoFundMe for a vacation for you and Abby. Go on, a, go on safari, no internet, no podcast equipment. When you come back, you'll be number two. I love that you're saying like, no, you love your respect. No, I, I do. No, I, she's my blood rival. I don't like her. Yeah. I want her to. I want her to take a month off. I want her to, you know, fail. You want her to fail. Cairo goes, I want your, I hope your crutches <laughs> fail. About 10 years ago, we were at an Oscars party and <laughs> we were really drunk. drunk and some girl had crutches and I said, I hope your crutches fail. And we've never let him forget. Yeah, I, there, there must've been context for no, it. I think she no was context. blocking me. I think There's she was no blocking me. Yeah, we were cutting cake. Anyway, Glennon, we're the number one friendship podcast in the country, but we're the number two relationship podcast in the country, and we're coming for you, GD. Oh, we are coming for GD, GD. All right, so what did we learn today? So we learned that a lot of people are having these issues, and there's a few common themes. You know, one of them is moving to a new city. Uh, One of them is, like, not really feeling like you're the type of friend as some of these other guys. Or not knowing how to go out to a party and really socialize. They all require the same thing, effort. Uh, we also learned that in order to get verified on Instagram, you need to just be in the New York Times. You need a really prominent feature about you in the New York Times. God, I'm just so, I'm just so butthurt about this. This fruit and fraud, shod and fraud, fraud. Yeah, I mean, it was like, people would be like, oh, how's Kara doing? How's Matt's doing? Well, well yeah. one, of them had, one of them was Instagram verified and one of them wasn't. So I guess, oh. who is who now? Oh, guys, that's our show. You can find us on socials. Leave us a review. Uh, Be good to yourself and be good to your friends. Love you, buddy. Love you, buddy.